It's The Difference, our weekly podcast. I'm Dan O'Donnell, talk radio host extraordinaire, as well as the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. Dave, how are you doing this week? Beautiful May week. We had a gorgeous week last week. Not exactly a gorgeous week on the stock market. That was outright brutal, but a pretty good week nonetheless. Yeah, you know, you look at uh, how things ended up and it's, it's something to take a look at and understand if the selling pressure is starting to exhaust itself. That's one of the things that we're continuing to look at right now. But, you know, you think about where we are in the calendar and what we can look forward to going through the rest of the year. I mean, there's certainly a lot of stuff to worry about and we'll have to look to see how we go into the rest of the summer. Yeah, you know, there's that old adage that's been around almost since there was a stock market, sell in May and go away. Well, this year it's been sell in 22 and then panic about what to do. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're going nice. Yeah. Hey, see, this, this, this is why I am a talk radio host extraordinaire, extraordinaire Dave. Yes. Uh, but is that is that you know conventional wisdom, does that still sort of apply that investors – We'll maybe do some profit-taking in the summer, go on vacation, whatever it is, and then come back ready and raring to go again after Labor Day? Yeah, so let's talk about the history of this. And so many years ago, you know, there was a lot of agriculture that folks uh, were involved in people's investing. And so that had something to do with it, and horses had something to do with it. So that's a saying that goes back literally hundreds of years, as you have said. But in the most recent time, you can look at the performance. And the performance generally in the fourth quarter and first quarter were better than the second and third quarters. That's really where that came from. And so even if you uh, were right about that, the second and third quarters just didn't perform as well as the other two quarters. And so what you look at that is, are you going to try to time the market? Are you going to try to know when to sell and, of course, when to buy? Because trying to time the market means you have to get that decision right twice. Well, in this year, there's a lot of inputs that make this a different scenario. And one of them, of course, is that the stock market in general, the S&P is down 15 to 17% as we speak. NASDAQ down 24.5%. And if you look at bear markets in the past, this is about the drawdown that is normal, which is about 24% on the NASDAQ. And so, no, I wouldn't say this is not the time to try to time the market, but more importantly to start going through and say, do some of these tech stocks allow us an opportunity? And for example, you know, the price to earnings ratio in some of these, you know, extraordinary. And so now you've got to come back down and try to reprice this at a lower rate. The stock market is at a better value today than it was to begin the year. And so, no, I would not try to time the market. And again, that's an old adage that is, you know, it's a rule of thumb, Dan. And and I guess is is that sort of a rule of thumb because, okay, we had the cyclical nature of the stock market, but now you have far more advanced metrics. You've got funds that are, you know, not operating on any agricultural time frame here. Right. But I, I want to get to and drill down on something that you yep. said, that, that tech stocks have been so hammered. Mm-hmm. And I'll grant you that a lot of them were perhaps overvalued, that there was a whole lot of speculation going there, the FANG stocks in uh, particular – Are we now going to see that sort of course correct again as you've got a lot of value seekers? You've got people who say, hey, wait a second, Facebook is on sale. Netflix especially is on sale. Uh, I can get Alphabet at a reduced rate. I can get 
Amazon at a reduced rate. Are you going to see maybe some of the money pour back into those, or are investors sufficiently spooked? Yep, you really nailed a lot of things there. Number one, this heightened volatility causes panic selling. And we saw some of that. And in fact, you know, some hedge funds, you know, the the custodians hold the money, right? And some of the custodians went back to these hedge funds and these institutional traders and said, we're going to have to sell some of your positions to raise cash. We don't like the amount of debt that you have in your portfolio. So we saw a lot of panic selling. But right now, and it's really starting to happen now, you're starting to see tactical buying. And you named a number of companies, the big tech companies. You know, and those big tech companies are a big percentage of the index. You know, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, if you look at those five or six companies, they control a big part of that. If they begin to stabilize and you start to see some tactical buying, I do think you're going to start to see some stabilization in the tech market. Now, some of these they got crushed. I mean, you think about you know Netflix and Salesforce, I mean, down 50, 60, 70 percent. I mean, those companies really got crushed. If their thesis has changed, it's hard to get them back in. But you know, right now, we're starting to see that happen. And of course, inflation means there's other sectors besides tech. You know, don't be so tech-centric is what we tell our clients. Energy, healthcare, you know, staples are also places to invest in your portfolio. But what hasn't changed, Dan, is the backdrop. Clearly, there is uh, the potential of a recession either the end of this year or next year. We saw the chairman of Goldman Sachs went on one of the Sunday morning talk shows and said it's a high, high risk, were his words, that we could see a recession. We know there's inflation. We know that the Fed policy uh, could be a mistake. And, of course, there's geopolitical issues. Put that all together with an election and domestic issues such as crime and the border, Dan, and you can see why people are nervous. Yeah, and that's why you you really do need to just take a deep breath, take a step back, go to AnnexWealth.com, get that free wealth metric, make sure you know what you own, why you own it, make sure you've got a fiduciary you're working with who's working for you. AnnexWealth.com is the place uh, to go. And we do have a whole lot of uncertainty in uh, domestic policy, who's going to control uh, the purse strings of the Congress. It's looking very likely that it's going to be the Republican Party. What is divided government for the next two years at least mean for fiscal policy? Where is the Fed actually going? And now we're seeing a ramping up. We had 40 plus billion dollars given to Ukraine. We have NATO suddenly reasserting itself. We have a desperate Vladimir Putin who apparently has lost a third of his forces following the invasion. What does he do? There's a, a whole lot of reason for fear. And not the least of this is the fact that while inflation may well end up slowing down. We saw a red-hot reading in both the Consumer Price Index and the Producer Price Index last week. You are still seeing prices significantly higher, and I think the fears of a recession, Dave, are well-founded. I mean, when you've got core inflation up 8% over inflation that was up, what, 5 6%, 30-year high from 2020 to 2021, you've got people who can't afford the basics who mm-hmm. can't afford to 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 take that memorial day road trip baby can't formula afford to eat out <laughs> right. baby you can't right. even find if you can find baby formula right. it's five times the price that it normally i mean my goodness you've got the basic essentials that people are cutting back on i i just question how can this not 
lead to a dramatic pullback in spending. Yeah, well, and so a slowdown. And so I think that is going to happen. And by the way, the whole policy of the Fed by raising interest rates and removing its accommodations is to slow the economy. And so, I mean, that's what their policy is. That's what they're trying to do because they were late to the game. As recently as March, they were buying mortgage-backed securities and putting money and increasing their balance sheet. When we were pounding the table uh, locally and saying, why are they continuing to fuel the flame? There's no question. The Fed, they're in a box right now. How do they get their way out? Well, they're going to have to slow the economy without causing a recession, and that is going to be a tall order. However, in recessions, you generally have bear markets. Bear markets generally defined as 20% down from peak to trough. Well, we're at 17% on the S&P. More than that, we're in a bear market in the NASDAQ. So the stock market looks forward six to nine months. It's probably telling us that we're going to see a significant slowdown, even if it doesn't technically go into a recession, but a flattening of that. And so, therefore, people are going to slow down. The good news is, and there's a lot of good news here, number one, the customer is in much better shape than they have been in past financial situations. So they have cash on the sidelines. If they begin to burn that up through the summer, through vacations, then, of course, we're going to have a slowdown going into the next year. And then you're going to have divided government. That's another positive. The stock market does better when you have divided government. So there are some things to lay your hat on. Sometimes you got to hold your nose and go ahead and start buying some things and know that a year from now or two years from now, you're going to be better off. Goldman Sachs, having mentioned them, they have a goal of 4,300 on the S&P 500. We're at 4,000. That's obviously up from where we are today. So how you get into the market and where you do that is really going to be important. But as you pointed out, political uncertainty and certainly domestic issues are certainly going to cause people some consternation. Well, and they should, because we are really in, by definition, uncharted times. I mean, we we haven't seen this level of inflation in 40 years. We haven't seen these sorts of supply chain issues, I dare say, since, what, the 1970s? Yep. We haven't had this le- – we haven't had an invasion in Europe in 70 years, since the end of World War II, for goodness sakes. I mean, I don't think people realize what a, a perilous, and I'm not trying to be like a doomsayer, like, oh my gosh, you know, you should go into your underground bunker and, you know, only trade in survival supplies. But I am saying that there are a lot of risks. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I think you're, you're seeing that in where people are sort of panicking. But I, I've got a, a related but kind of unrelated question. Yeah. What is the level of algorithmic trades yeah. that you've got hedge funds or big investors that whenever a stock just hits a certain predetermined mark, a whole bunch of shares are moved? Yeah, no, that happens. Because yeah. I've heard that as a theory as to what's kind of causing this. And then you see all that money move and you've got individual and smaller investors sort of, oh my gosh, what's going on? And they follow suit. Yeah, and then there's no question that's part of it. And it happens generally in the last half hour of trading every day. And that's the reason why you see these massive moves. And I mean, these AI, these algorithms, they go through and they sometimes just search for words. And those words could trigger a buy or a sell. Now, in the short term, does that cause you to be crazy? Yes, of course. But more importantly, you brought up tech earlier on, Dan. That's 35% of the S&P 500. Oil is trading over $100 a barrel. 
So when tech starts to move, the rest of the S&P will move. And oil over $100 a barrel means that these oil companies are going to be more profitable. Therefore, they could be a bigger part of your portfolio. So even though these AI certainly can make you want to jump off the first floor of a building, you don't want to do that. You want to say, where is the opportunities with higher inflation, with earnings coming from companies that are going to do better in this environment, and try to avoid those companies that are at risk. Of course, we talked about the bond market. I mean, it's one of the worst bond markets in history is where we are to start the beginning of the year. So lots of money is coming back out. But we're starting to see some tactical buying in certain sectors. So what I suggest people do is go through, if you're doing this yourself, create a shopping list of companies that probably were unfairly beaten down as the rest of the market got sold, start to nibble. I know that that's the way to get it done. That's what we're doing as an investment community. And Dan, I'm going to let you get off easy today because you and I both have got to jump out. And so I appreciate your time today. Absolutely, Dave. Always enjoy doing this podcast. I have a lot of fun. It is the difference, and we hope we help you know the difference each and every week. For Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.